Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is July 18th, 2021. My name is Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Dane Curtis. Hello, Mr. Peterson. How Hello, are you? Mr. Curtis. Do you have a tunnel that I can <laughs> come down? <laughs> Definitely not. Get away from me. <laughs> That's a uh, Patreon uh, joke there, guys. It's not really it. a joke. It's talking about tunnels and coming down them. Non-sexually. Jeez, bunch of perverts. Oh, We're I thought about- it was the other way around. I thought it was the other way around. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's for after the show on our OnlyFans stream. Oh, are we launching that, are we? It's been launched. Has it? Oh yeah, I'm like six streams into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Best? What was the best one? Uh, Fourth of July one, obviously. Just fireworks, gunshots, American flags covering all the good bits. You say that, but people will probably subscribe to that. Take a I note. Mean, um, Hazel, Mike's uh, other half, Hazel, was very much into the idea of me um, selling my bathwater back when Belle Delphine was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, why I like... Going oh, down yeah, like, butt crack. I believe I believe she uh, dubbed it Savior Soak. That's right, Savior Soak. <laughs> you bathe uh, in that stuff, you get you get Savior properties. I think you'd get some form of tetanus. Oh, there's a good chance of uh, a cacophony of diseases. Yes, yes. From also, cacophony is a good word for a Sunday. Yeah, but cacophony is is. It's a reference to noise. So how you just get a bunch of noisy diseases like retching, <laughs> so farting. What happened, does that what happened to Mike? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> caught he caught that there cacophonyitis. Maybe that's what he had. You know, when we visited you and he had the Black Death. That's what it was, cacophonyitis. <laughs> no, we didn't catch it from him. You brought it over. No, he brought it over. I was fine. I was the picture of perfect health. That's a bunch of horse shit. It's not. I wasn't ill when I was at yours. Yeah, you were. I wasn't. Oh, no, you were sick when we all went to visit Tom. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was loaded with cold when we went to visit Tom. And then you visited Mike right before his wedding. Hey, Mike, I got the hot death here. You get married next week. Let's hang out. That sounds like a him problem. (laughs) How is that a him problem? Because that's when he set his wedding. I didn't plan in advance to get cold before I went to his wedding. <laughs> I'm, not just... that, I'm not that vindictive. <laughs> Jesus wept. I just met you and I'm going to prove my dominance over you by getting sick. Yeah. What I did is I made sure the week before Mike's wedding, I followed somebody who I knew had a cold and waited until the touch the door handle and I just licked it. You don't normally do that? No, I don't actually. Just windows. I... Yeah, I just mean it's... Follow attractive people around, wait for them to touch door handles. <laughs> this is why I'm, sometimes I'm glad I don't live in the same country as you, because when I find out these things about you, I don't want to know you anymore. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I find it's the opposite. You would like to know me more. I feel like I know too much. Oh, there's more. There there's more. Is. There's more. Oh, God. Where do we oh, begin? Oh, God. 
probably down a tunnel. <laughs> no, you're gonna make me want to play Metro now. All this, yeah. For, for the uninitiated who are not subscribed on Patreon, uh, we were discussing coming in tunnels because I've been playing Metro 2033, the Redux version, which I wasn't clear with when I sent the guys a message saying I'm playing this. Yeah, I, I was about to give Dan a whole bunch of crap for purchasing the same game twice, but he's just really bad at writing. <laughs> I don't do words good or speaking. I, I, I can just uh, play games. Yeah. Uh, ironically, I uh, basically write words for a living and I speak on this shit. So that's not good, really. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you what, though. I picked up the Metro 2033 and the Last Light Redux pack from the PSN for like three pounds, which is a bargain and a half. I was going to get that, but then I discovered that I have two copies of it already. <laughs> I'm surprised. Different systems, same systems. Ah, or... uh, different. Okay. One opened, one sealed. So leave me alone. Because um, I've I've always been intrigued by the series, but. I, th- I think I might have played a bit of it back in the day, but not all of it. And But I keep seeing like footage of uh, Exodus, and I'm like, I would really like to play these. It's a neat series. It's definitely a neat series. When did the first one come out? Um, Quite a while ago, I think. But at the time, it was like, I think it was kind of like a benchmark. Of, it's 11 years old. Put it on the list. It? Put it on the list. Yeah, like at the time, it was um, considered like a benchmark for PC games. Mm-hmm. As I think it only came out on PC and then had to wait for consoles to catch up in terms of capability to actually even be able to even run the thing. It was Crisis for a while. Wasn't it? It was Metro! 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 It's been a while since we've had a show, Dan, and it's just a two-man show. It you has, and me. really. Me and you. We haven't, we haven't done a two-man for a long time. There's a reason for that. <laughs> There is. You know what? I I really enjoy these, though. They are good. They as are much good. as I love the other two, sometimes it's just nice to have a, a two-manner, shoot yeah. some shit, talk about coming in tunnels, in, get it done. Intimacy, you know, yeah. get close, mm-hmm. learn close more about each other than we should. Definitely too much. Mike, stop sending messages. We're trying to record a show. What we're all truly hoping for. What's we'll about? read that later. Now is not the time. I want to nice. ask Mr. Curtis how he's doing because it's been se- what God June sixth. We missed our our target date by two weeks, so there's a lot going on. We had the Fourth of July, so that was super important. And then I was out of town, it, and then Dan and I just didn't want to record last week. Oh yeah, I didn't want to record last week because I had a little had a little health scare. Uh, doctor found a weird lump in my neck and said yeah that's not supposed to be there go to the doctor get an ultrasound found out i was pregnant in my neck (laughs) i was gonna say it wasn't your adam's apple was it because that is meant to be there (laughs) could you imagine how bad of a doctor you'd have to what the fuck's this ain't supposed to be there never seen one in here before what the hell is that (laughs) that motherfucker right there is real big you done got an ass you want to go get an ultrasound son on that thing (laughs) You got an apple stuck in your throat, son. You got to swallow harder. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm very, very happy, Eric, that you're okay. Yeah. That was, I'm sure, very, very scary. Yeah, it definitely wasn't fun. Um, 
I didn't sleep for a few nights because obviously having a, a, a lump in your neck right on your lymph node, you know, it's like, well, is this going to be some sort of lymphoma and all that stuff, but came back totally fine. And then they sent me for a chest x-ray, which was great because I ended up just talking to the x-ray tech about cars for 20 minutes. And uh, she took a couple pictures of my chest and doctor called me back. He's like, yeah, you're fine. Don't know what's wrong with you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, doc. Reassuring. Uh, living in the desert, is there a strong chance that a spider may have climbed on your neck and injected eggs into it? I'll let you know if they hatch and okay. come out. But no, I mean, we that, did have... I, that man, is, we that had, is complete nightmare fuel, but... Speaking of creepy crawlies, boy, we had a chunk of a scorpion hauling across the, the hallway the other day. That mother... I sent you guys a picture, and the picture did it no justice, but this thing... He probably could have cut down a tree with his claws. Oh my god! Yeah, Christy like was just standing there. Like the Scorpion there. King. Yeah, he's just chasing did something it, down. Did it have the rock's head? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Big haboob rolling behind it. <laughs> you know but, what? That that film gets some stick, but I thought it was a good film. The Mummy Returns. I thought it was good. It was. Um, but yeah, Christy saw him just scuttling across the floor and these these things are fast they're really fast and this guy was moving kind of slow so it tells me that the 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 spray that we have around the house was working but um yeah fuck those things they are i can't believe you have to have scorpion spray that's crazy we have uh, a company come every two months and spray but we also have a we have a pool that has an old diatomaceous earth filter or a de earth a de filter and i take some of that extra de and sprinkle it around the house and apparently it liquefies scorpions so i want to try that out i remember when you were when you were grilling them before that was fun (laughs) i used to go around so if you're unfamiliar with scorpions if you go out at night with a uh, black light they glow so i used to go in my backyard and just pop on a black light and just shine it along the fence and just go grab them with the tongs and put them in a glass dish put some lighter fluid on them and That's the origin of the uh, nuke it with fire. Yeah, nuke it, <laughs> nuke it from space. Um, but yeah, I also think that my house is slowly becoming haunted. I had some weird how, shit How happen. does a house slowly become haunted? I don't like know. The ghost, the ghost is undecided if it wants to move in or not. Yeah, <laughs> like he's scoping out the neighborhood and he's like, do I, do I hate these people or do I hate them? You know, <laughs> that's, that's an it, indecisive ghost right there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've talked at, at length over over the past years about some of my weird ghost experiences, and I like to think that I have a, a, a somewhat ability to kind of sense things that are off. And there have been some definite houses that I've lived in where it's like, man, this, like, something just doesn't feel right. Um, never had that here. And then about Tuesday of last week, I was sitting at home and everybody was gone. Um, I was up in my office where I am now, and all of a sudden I heard. You, do you guys have those fireworks over there that are like they're called snappers? They look like little tiny white balls with a fuse on them. And you throw them at the ground, they go pop really loud. Yeah. So it sounded like one of those ten times louder went off right by my head. I had no idea what the hell it was. It was to the point where like it startled me and I turned around and like I got into a defensive position because I thought like maybe ah! one of the kids had come by. And, <laughs> like I didn't know what the hell was going on. I, I have a, an alarm on my phone that tells me when the door opens and I didn't hear that. So 
I didn't know what the hell was going on with that. And I could not figure it out. None of the electrical outlets had popped. Nothing had exploded. No idea. And then Christy came home and she's like, did you leave the water on in the bathroom? No, I didn't use that bathroom at all today. I just didn't think anything of it. Maybe the, the cats or something bumped it. And then last night I was brushing my teeth. I don't use hot water to brush my teeth. I use cold, turned the, the water off, went and crawled in bed and immediately heard the faucet turn back on. Move. So I went back in there less than 10 seconds. Ratchet is sitting on the floor and I'm thinking maybe, maybe he got up there and somehow his heftiness bumped it. But he's a big cat. And like when he jumps off a counter, you hear it because he 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 himself understands his heft. And when he hits, he's like and like just makes a noise when he hits because there's so much coming down that he's got a brace for it and he can't even hold it. And you hear it hit the ground when we're downstairs and Ratchet jumps off something we can tell like, oh, well, Ratchet jumped off the dresser because it's just slap on the on the floor. <laughs> and he's just staring at sitting there looking up at the sink and sure shit the faucet the hot water faucet is all the way on like i didn't use hot water so i think the house is slowly becoming haunted now there's probably a perfectly logical explanation like maybe the nuts and bolts within that faucet are becoming weak and once I turned the water off, there was some pressure in there and it, it needed to release itself. So I don't know. I prefer to go with ghosts. That sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Well, I had that experience when I lived at my grandparents' house before, except it was the reverse. I heard the faucet running and I walked into the bathroom and I physically watched it turn itself off. I'm like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> what? I've, how do I not know this? You didn't know that one? No. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, my grandparents, they live in a really big house, and there's been some definite issues in that house that even other people have said. And I was living in the basement. It's a nice finished basement, obviously, but I was in my room down there and heard the water running. Like, I, what the fuck? I, wasn't, I haven't been in the bathroom down there. And went in, turned the light on, and as I turned it on, I just watched the faucet go and turn itself off. What? That is insane. Yeah. How have so, you ever slept again? Uh, I didn't live there much longer after that. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. And they had a, they, another one, they had a giant pool table and the the pool balls were racked up in the middle. And uh, I came down, or when I woke up the next morning, all the pool balls were off the table and in the corners. Did they have a cat? Cats can't bat pool balls. They're so heavy. I'm sure they could try. Well, and even if they could, I, t- I don't know. Gonna- like I've I've seen you, your your uh, grandparents' cat cheese bowl. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is a different grandparent. Oh, so okay, this is the one that has a, an entire zoo of animals. But yeah, I I think I think the the ghosts have found me from the Midwest down here. Like we got him. Time time to move, son. We dialed him in. Get him. That's so. crazy. I've never had anything like that happen to me. Thankfully, touch wood. It's uh, it's not fun. Tell you what. But uh, Crystal swears when she was at um, university that uh, they had like a pair of boots down on the ground, and uh, apparently they moved of their own volition. Ooh. Which sounds freaky ass. <laughs> I slept in that house for about a year. Didn't Ooh. say anything like. God, no way. 
If I honestly, if I ever saw anything like that, I'd be absolutely freaked out for weeks. It depends. It's really interesting. I mean, I, it, it it depends on your your own perception of it and and how much you buy into it and truly believe it. But like, if you're if you're aware of it, there are definite different feelings about it. Like last night, I didn't get a weird sensation. Um, but there have definitely been times where I'm like, yeah, something here is not right. I got I, like, mm. I need to leave. Um, one of my college houses, the last time I was ever there, I will never set foot in that house again because of the feeling that I got the last time I went there. Uh, I, I think I've told this story before, but um, my bedroom was the entire upstairs. It was a long, skinny house. And I went to pick up some mail that had been left on the counter and there was nothing left in the house except for one box of my stuff upstairs. And the, the house is kind of old. So when you go up the stairs, you could hear, you know, somebody going up the stairs And the kitchen where I was was right under those stairs. And there was a handrail that was loose. So you'd get up to the top and you grab the handrail and it would make a, a distinct click noise as you'd grab it to kind of wrap yourself around the banister. And I'm standing in the kitchen sorting through my mail and all of a sudden I hear dip, 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 click as somebody. It, it's exactly like how I would go up the stairs. And the whole house got really cold. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, it's the middle of the summer. It's cold in here. And I just didn't feel right. I got that sensation of like, something's not right, but I have to get this box of stuff. So I grabbed a knife. There's just some extra stuff that was sitting in the kitchen that one of my other roommates had left. So I grabbed a knife and went upstairs thinking somebody had broken in. Got upstairs, nobody up there. Nobody in the closet, none of the windows open. I grabbed that box, got the fuck out of there. I'll never go back. Not that I ever would. I mean, I own the house, but... <laughs> yeah, just rock up with the new occupants. Hello! <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of weird stuff that happened there, so glad to be the hell out of there. Yeah, that is terrifying. Yeah. So but no, I don't think you've told. I don't think you've told that one before. Well, there you go. Learn a little bit more about me. I, like I am it. prone to ghosts. <laughs> Eric Peterson, prone to hauntings. Maybe I should start a new business. I got to come what? up with a word for it. Eric Peterson ghost attacks. Oh, yeah. Ghost <laughs> attacks. We'll attack your ghosts, and then we'll ghost attack over it. <laughs> Who are you going to call? <laughs> Hank Fist. <laughs> ghost attackers. <laughs> Why, well, I like will come in your tunnel. <laughs> come and get the ghost out your tunnel. That's an Indian right there. That is the an wrong Indian accent. Right that's the, I can't do it. It's easy to confuse. I mean, how long have you known me and you still can't do it? Yeah, because it's just even your own accent's inconsistent. True. I try to I try to be a bit more posh for you so you can understand me. I really want to just have a like a twenty minute conversation with Crystal once and just like jot down what I can't understand. <laughs> well, that was me talking to your wife. She could not understand a word oh, I said. She loves that. And Mike, for some reason, she couldn't understand Mike. I know. I used to I used to speak and then Mike would be standing next to me. So I would turn to Mike and I was like, look at him pleadingly as if to say, translate, please. <laughs> she would look at him even more blankly after he'd finished. And then Kat would come in and be like, oh, yeah, so here we go. Yeah, yeah so I shall translate for the Geordie Plebeon. Thank you all. Here it is in the Queen's proper elocution English. Oh, that's actually something that we need to talk about, which we haven't put on the document. Thomas G. Reagan, who is not here, done got married. He done got married? He did. He done got hitched. He was meant to get married last year, but obviously COVID happened. 
and he couldn't get married how he wanted to so they've bit the bullet basically and both of them went to like the registry office i think it is probably in canada and they got hitched they did and he did it in the most factory sealed way possible without telling us (laughs) without telling us and with really poor internet quality (laughs) so awesome just out of the blue one day he's like like, hey tom something something you want to do this like oh no i'm I'm getting married tomorrow (laughs) what like right tom is kind of he's a bit aloof he's probably doesn't message us as much as we message on the factory sale whatsapp group because he's very busy he makes like eight games a month or whatever and but like even that for tom was so bizarre it was so funny i think it wasn't he on side quest last time and he just dropped it suddenly and we were like what yeah yeah getting married yeah but uh congratulations to both uh Lord Tom and Lady Catherine. Mm, Catherine Ragan. Rumor has it they they have a new set of salt shakers and a new set of uh, curling mop, not mops, brooms for the uh, curling team so they can send them down the long table to each other. (laughs) They need to get a bigger house first. The current flat doesn't accommodate for that. That's just a temporary residence while they slowly take over Canada. Yes, now that the borders have opened up. No, but honestly, I, I, it's been a long time coming that wedding, and I'm happy for them to just go ahead and do it because obviously everything's been up in the air with COVID and stuff. Oh, yeah. So the, the idea, hopefully, is after everything gets back to normal, that they will come over and have basically a sham wedding where they uh, will just have a big party. I'm looking forward pre- to that. Pretend to get married again, oh, but because it's fun. a sham wedding, that opens up the possibility that one of us can be the uh, officiant <laughs> in charge. Officiant, yes. It's going to be great. <laughs> so they've got a choice between Hank Fist, exceptionally jaudy, or exceptionally loud. <laughs> can you imagine Mike just getting up there? Do <laughs> 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 you take this woman? just does the whole thing in butt rock i just imagine like yeah, you doing it and then this the bridal march finishes and they've just stood next to each other looking at each other and you just pop up from nowhere and go listen listen <laughs> i now pronounce you husband and wife go ahead and kiss her oh I now yeah. pronounce you husband and wife you me come in a tunnel <laughs> And I'll pronounce you Brenda and Clive. <laughs> That's Indian again. I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm going to hire somebody to teach me how to speak Geordie because it just. That's off, one- some, that's off some game when you would press a button and they'll go, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't. I can't remember what it is. Oh, you know what else we had done over the past month? I had custom portraits of us made. You did. They were bloody hilarious. <laughs> so, throwback to a long, long, long time ago, one of the first guests that we had on, a professional artist that I got to know from Phoenix Comic Con, uh, Rob Duanius, also known as Sketchcraft, he threw up a video on his Facebook page where he was doing really quick custom portraits. And I messaged him and said, I got to be on this list. However, this is for the guys on my podcast, or uh, 
can you incorporate any sort of video game aspect to it whatsoever, whether it just be an item or dress us up in that that specific style? And his response was, I'm trying to keep my my render time down, so I'm not I'm not sure I'll try because he's trying to do it like he does in in conventions where people come up to the booth do a commission and it'll, it'll take him like 30 40 minutes to do it and I, I paid him the money for the full color versions and just said do what you can and went to bed and i woke up the next morning probably a couple days later and he had sent me the rough sketches and like, holy shit these are going to be fucking amazing the guys are going to love them and then a couple days later he had finished mine and i forgot that some people in our group have been listening to us for that long and also probably followed him and Phil Gartside had posted into our Facebook group his completed picture of me dressed up fully as Mega Man with that stupid fucking look on my face just with the caption of what the fuck (laughs) like well (laughs) cat's out of the bag now guys that was a bizarre thing to see on the text messages (laughs) what is this oh man they turned out so good. So for like a couple days prior, I was asking the guys like, hey, do you have any specific pictures you want me to use of you for a project? And uh, I was trying to find the dumbest looking photos of all of us. And naturally, I had to choose the one that you Photoshop. And I was hoping I could use the one of Tom looking all serial killery for the wedding, but it was just too grainy. So I found one where we were in Sedona and zoomed in on it and said, I can tell you the story if you want. Just make him look super murdery. And he went, no, no, no explanation necessary. Got it. So I had him draw Tom <laughs> as uh, Snake from Metal Gear. And then, Dan, I used the one from when you were here drinking that Lucky Charms milkshake at Paradise Valley Burger Company with this stupid, just absent look in your face. But I love that photo. Dude. I hate it so much. It's I awful. love it. But because I know how proud you are of your luscious locks, I took one of your other longer hair photos and said, can you kind of merge these two together? And he did a great job. Did you as Cloud from Final Fantasy VII? It's a thing of beauty. It was hard to find a picture of Mike. So I found one where Tom and and Mike and I were driving up to Vegas in the car. And Mike has this big, stupid grin on his face. And he did him as Link from from zelda uh with navi up above him and mike's turned out phenomenal as well um he dressed me up as mega man and it's all four of them are just incredible yeah thanks so much for getting them done i really do love them they're so good oh yeah i can't wait to get them because i'm gonna take them to a local print shop and get high res, like really high res scans of them done so that we can do things with them um you know, make new banners and use them as profile pictures and stuff. But yeah, dude, they're, they're super cool. Well, well worth the money. Uh, I know that we've talked about his stuff quite extensively, but man, this guy, his, his art style is truly unique. He's done a ton of really cool artwork for comic books. Uh, some of his stuff is in Crash Bandicoot 4. He did some of the designs for, for the Crash outfits. Um, really, he actually really cool did a, um, a front cover of Game Informer magazine once. Oh, did he? Like they were they were doing a celebration of RPGs, and he merged them all together. He's actually in this Mega Man Eleven anniversary book too, where uh, he did a, a specific piece of art, and then talked about. Oh, hold on. Side note: you bought me that picture. I did. <laughs> That's in that book. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. I've got. Well, you bought it for me. Actually, one of the uh, Final Fantasy pieces he did, Final Fantasy Seven, which oh, I've yeah. got, which I've yeah. got framed. 
That uh, was the, I, need to, the put, I need to put it up in the new house, but that's a beautiful piece. It's that really was the nice. two-piecer that you had to have put together custom, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah, his his stuff is so freaking cool. I just love it. I really like it too. And he, he seems like a really nice guy as well. Yeah, he's really funny. Here's all he has a, a set of eight prints of the Mega Man stuff that as soon as those are available from him again, I'm gonna get them. But yeah, you can check him out. Most of his stuff is done through DeviantArt. But you can find him on on Facebook, Sketchcraft. Um, he's on Twitter, Instagram, all that. Really, really, really cool dude. So definitely it's check him out. Super cool that he got like his artwork in Crash 4, though. I, yeah. I cool love that. Like, that? I remember when I saw that and I was like, oh, that's so cool for him. Yeah. But yeah, those are that that was that was a big secret that I was hoping to have done. But you know what? Cat was out of the bag and it was really fun to kind of watch him drift in. So I sent each of you guys the rough draft sketches of each other, except your own. I didn't want you to see yours until it was fully done. Yes, it was worth the wait. Did you show it to Crystal? Yes, she was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to go up above the mantle, honey. It's going on the bedroom ceiling. Right under the Eric's blanket. And we just use that as a doof. <laughs> oh, man. I hope if I ever come to visit, I get to sleep on that or sleep under that. I'm definitely putting it on the bed. 100%. Oh, please do. Please <laughs> do. When I went to visit my sister in Wisconsin last month, I completely forgot that I had made her a queen size Mega Man duvet. Out of, it was the first thing I ever sewed. I made this gigantic, I think it was actually made out of silk. I mean, it was a quite aggressive project for somebody's very first ever sewing thing. But made a, full like you. On, made a full on duvet. I'm like, you know what? I want to do this. Oh, fuck. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. So, but yeah, that's that's kind of been my last month. Um, back in Wisconsin, I got to hang out with Ben for a while. He and I did. We did some game shopping. Holy shit. That trip home was expensive. Was uh, it? Oh, yeah. Well, when it comes to collecting, Ben puts both me and Zach together to shame. I mean, his his collection is just absolutely insane. But it's not organized at all. I went and visited him, and it was just shit everywhere. Like, he was sorting through all of it, but, you know. I'm really big on like having stuff on shelves and organized and he's got boxes in the back room and we're talking about stuff. He's like, oh my God, you got to see this. And we go and we like dig through a bunch of shit and he'd pull out this crate of sealed everything. It's like this, here's my complete Sega Genesis collection and here's all my N64 stuff. So I got a few things off of him um, that he was getting rid of. I picked up Final Fantasy Adventure 1, 2, and 3 for Game Boy in box, which are, have been three titles that i've really really been looking forward to gave me a a stupid good deal on those and then we went and visited a guy that that we met when we were in college who on a whim bought one of the the failing local game stores for like four grand and he's turned it into this exploding business so we went and visited him and bought a bunch of stuff from him um i picked up tales of symphonia chronicles which i believe is the PS3 remaster of Tales of Symphonia and then the Wii expansion or not expansion, but um, God, what was the Dawn of the New World? That's what it was. So those two on one, I picked up a couple other Tales games. I think it was Tales of Legendia and Tales of the Abyss. I personally have never actually played a Tales game and I know that Tom... Tom freaking loves them. I've I very very briefly dabbled in uh, Tales of Berseria, 
great games, Dan. Have you ever played any of them? Uh, no, I have not. From what I've played and what I understand, I think they'd be right up your pooper. And apparently Tales of Symphonia is like the cream of the crop for it. I kind of was holding out to play it on GameCube since it was the original, but um, you should probably check them out. They'd be pretty, pretty good RPGs. Well, I know there's you there's a lot of RPGs I need to play. Even with my abilities, there's not enough time to play them. Yeah, anymore. right. As you get older, you just get less time. That's why I'm looking forward to retirement. I'm just going to retire and just, I I just play RPGs. <laughs> play RPGs. Just here's my stack to get done this year. Hope I get through them all before I die. Say that, but I finished both Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X 2 this year. So damn. Um, I haven't even and, um, been able to finish 12 in 13 years. <laughs> so yeah, I, I obviously I, I bought 12 again, the Zodiac Age version. Um, when that came out and I got as I tend to always remember getting to the bit basically at the end and then you get the ridiculously long monster hunting side quest which I did most of and then I just drop off because the the story in 12 is just not very good in my opinion see and that's where I'm different like I like those aspects of those RPGs that are very political yeah um, the storyline of Final Fantasy 12 for me was always kind of just an afterthought it was there was these big open world bits kind of and then there was just drips and drabs where it just wasn't told as well as the other games in the series in my opinion i know you loved the political aspects and stuff and yeah that's great but i just don't think it was told in a very good way and it just didn't stay with me no i think with that one they definitely focused more on the uniqueness of the combat system with the gambits and and focusing on that but i really 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 liked the characters i think that um, bosh and fran are just amazing characters. Yeah, they're all right. Is it Bosch or is it Balthier that's with Fran? It's Bosch von Ronsenberg. Bosch von Ronsenberg. <laughs> I don't know, but there's something about there's something about Fran. It's like, oh boy. Whew. Oh boy, she done got bunny ears, that girl. Whew. I ain't no furry, <laughs> but if I worry, get it. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on, yes. <laughs> I feel like that's a deep, dark tunnel we don't want to come down. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Um, Right, Eric, do you want to talk about Morcon? Oh, yes. Okay, so I'm not sure if we've actually talked about this on the show yet, but September 16th through the 19th, our annual... Factory Sealed Pilgrimage will be taking place to a little town in Missouri called St. Charles for Chad Hager's MoCon. I know it's not his, but he's from our community. He does all he's on the executive committee for it. Um, He's the one that introduced us to it. And we've been twice now uh, and we have gradually been inviting more and more people i threw it out there this year for everybody to come and join us and the turnout that we have this year is i think we're somewhere between 10 and 15 listeners coming you know people actually like flying in to meet us there Uh, we're all going to be staying at the same hotel and we've got kind of our our standard uh series of events that we're going to go through but it is the 16th through the 19th and we're going to have one hell of a good time. I think I'm going to try to pull up the list here right now of people that are coming. Um, we've got, obviously, me, Zach, Ben Schrader, Chad Hager, 
Jonathan Weaver, James Hall, Cody Helverson, Jordan Lawfrey, Matt Ernie, uh, Wilfredo Garcia, Jeremy Lucas, and Ryan Richardson, and potentially Scott Girardi, all descending on MoCon. There's quite a few people there who haven't been before, isn't there? Yeah, the only people that we met there last year were Cody Helverson, James Hall, and Wilfredo Garcia. So I know that I think Jeremy Lucas is coming from, I think he's in Oregon. A couple of the guys are local. I know Ryan Richardson is local. James Hall is local. Cody's driving down from Minneapolis. So we we definitely have, yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what Cody books to stay in this year. <laughs> we've encouraged everybody very strongly to stay at the same hotel so that we can all just hang out so our typical course of events is we get in thursday some time throughout the day thursday afternoon is just hang out grab something to eat drink play games get to know each other chit chat shoot the shit friday then uh is friday's a long day because we hit all of the game stores in the local uh st louis area so we've kind of got our route we go to that that really cool trading game store that i think we talked about it a couple years ago where it was one of the largest video game store break-ins ever happened like three or four days after we were there but um go hit up that guy and then kind of the goal is to hit these stores before they go to the con because some people will set aside like really good stuff to take to the convention but sometimes you know they they'll they'll let us buy it before they they take it there just because they want to offload it but we'll spend all day doing that and then friday night we have a big party at chad's house um and then saturday obviously all day is mocon saturday night hang out, play games, drink, do whatever. But it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a good time. So we definitely definitely open to more people. Just know that if you do want to come, apparently there's something else going on that weekend, so hotel rooms aren't particularly easy to find anymore. So we do have people that 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 are getting rooms and then saying, "Hey, if you guys just want to bunk up, um we certainly can." So if you are interested in coming, contact me. I will give you the details, throw you into we have a group chat. For all the people that are going just so we can stay in touch about what we're planning and uh all that and if you are going do not share a room with him you will regret it it <laughs> is me and ben and, and zach we're going to uh destroy another couch with pizza grease again <laughs> is, th- is it the same hotel you went to last time oh yeah yeah last time we went they recognized us so hopefully have this you got time a cunning will. have you got a cunning disguise for zach so you can actually get into the state <laughs> Just a mustache and some weird glasses with big eyebrows. I'll do. <laughs> I, I'm Fax Zolly. Because that guy is public enemy number one after the piss eyes incident. Yes, he is. It's it's interesting to see what everybody's looking for because I, I created a document for all of the people going to kind of see what games we're looking for so that if somebody else finds one, we can just get it for each other if, depending on where it is on the list. Um this is going to be an expensive year because the last year retro games have gone through the roof in price. There's some stuff on here from two years ago, triple price. It's just nuts how expensive some stuff is. Really? I wonder, is that because the stores haven't been open much? Or? I have no idea, but I was looking at pictures of last MoCon and I saw a complete in box Sega CD copy of Snatcher for six fifty, And I remember at the time thinking, fuck, that's expensive. It's like 1600 bucks now. What? That's yeah. mental. It's something you won't open. It's insane. 
it's, well, it's, I would open uh, it and play it. I would actually play that one because it's the the English American version. When you and Tom playing Snatcher for some reason? We were playing Police Knots. Police Knots, yes. Yeah, we were going to do a, a secondary show, but that game is. It's not a game. It's a book with pictures. It's so much reading. But well, if uh, you think if you think about it though, because it's Kojima, right? Yeah. Like Metal Gear Solid is a hell of a lot of reading, unless you listen to it. like the core deck conversations, particularly on Metal Gear Solid Two, go on forever. Yep. And I would always I, skip I, them. And I, read. I do as well, and then you can press triangle and it skips about eight lines. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So I think most of the times I've played through that game, I probably haven't listened to half the dialogue, but because then there's all the optional dialogue as well, where you can just call people no depending way. on what's no happening. Thanks. So I need you guys to help me come up with some sort of contest that we can do during MoCon. I know that that last year we kind of came up with one on the fly and didn't really follow through with anything. But this year, I definitely want to do a contest that incorporates the people that are there with the people who are, are not, obviously. And one thing I was thinking of, and you guys can give me feedback on this, was doing a a trade up contest. Have everybody who comes bring an item of, I don't know, twenty five dollars in value from their own personal collection that they can then use to trade. And by the end of the convention, by the end of the show, whoever can get what the community deems as the most valuable or most unique trade wins. I don't know what you'd win. I mean, just the recognition. But a lot of those vendors there are open for trade. So if you bring a game in, and it, my thought process behind it is, have you ever seen those news stories where somebody starts with a paperclip and they trade up to a house? just over the course of like, I'll trade this paperclip yeah. for that notebook and this notebook for that. And like, it just escalates. It's either, it's either that idea or everybody has a really shit game, which they have to try and trade up. Oh, <laughs> see yeah. what they could get for it. Like what we did last time where we bought purposely bought the worst games we could buy for our live stream. Oh yeah. That'd be good too. Cause then I could take that, that sealed Barbie Wii game that, that Jeremy Sanford sent me. Oh, yeah. oh, or you could ta- take my suggestion from WhatsApp the other day, which I thought was pretty good. What was that? Uh, drop everybody in from a plane uh, <laughs> armed with baguettes <laughs> and uh, they can use these to bash each other and stuff. And then whoever buys the best thing. <laughs> oh, God. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Warzone, but a bit less bloodshedy. So that's what, hence the baguettes. It might be could a bit do. stale for a bit of damage, but. Could do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm excited to actually meet some more people from the community too, and then yeah, it'd be cool. See, it'd be cool. See people that we have seen last year or two years ago. It'll, it'll be, be nice for it'll be nice for us Englanders to come some point. But uh, with COVID being how it is, I know things are hopefully getting better now. But I'm still a bit wary about being on planes and stuff. So not happening anytime soon. But yeah, hopefully next year. Our yes. goal is to just kind of make this be the the annual factory sealed pilgrimage, and as we do it more more people will show up they will hopefully um eric mike has sent us a little thing to read out would you like me to do it you can do it okay so mike has said and i shall read it out exactly as he said mike and hazel will be joining longtime listener miles prower and his bing bring back retro team live for their 24-hour charity gaming stream for the nhs which kicks off at 10 a.m uk time on august the 28th There'll be over 20 consoles which will be streamed onto Twitch with some bizarre competitions, races, tournaments, and more. There'll be loads of games you can play along with at home, including Jackbox, Stick Death, Mario Kart, and more. 
Miles, Mike and Hazel would love if some of the FS listeners could come watch and join in over at twitch.tv forward slash retro underscore gene on August the 28th. Also, if anyone has a small business, Miles is hoping to have a small video snippet of what you do, which you can play throughout the stream. To stay updated or get in touch, please find his social media links on his website, which is www.bringbackretro.com forward slash contact. I'm done. We need to have advertisements because we can read them. <laughs> no, I don't want to do ads. That sounds like work. Uh, it also goes against our ethos. Ethos? Ethos. The cacophony yes, of ethos. You can't just use cacophony wherever you want. I can use it where I want, son, all right? I don't know what it means, so I'm going to keep using it. You take your cacophony and shove it up your tunnel. <laughs> I can't. It's full of cum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and on that note, uh, yeah, um, no, that's going to be really cool. I definitely want to tune in for that. Uh, are they actually going to go down and visit yes, him? Sir, or they I just... believe they are, yes. Ooh. So you will get to see Mike Tyson's face actually there, I hope which Miles is worth is the price of admission. How loud he is. No. <laughs> Hopefully they've got yeah, noise cancelling headphones. Nobody's ready for that. Oh, yeah. Dan, you know what I didn't talk about that I picked up that I've been wanting to talk about for a while because I know there are people before, listening to this. Before you launch into that, can I just no. do one last bit of housekeeping? No. Because otherwise we will forget. Um, on uh, Patreon, it is my month for the Q&A. Oh, and, yes. uh so there's a few questions on there already, but uh, Patreon subscribers, you are free to post whatever comments you want, and I will try my bestest to answer them. Do your worst. So please <laughs> do my worst. <laughs> yeah, well, stare, yeah, you will do your worst. Them. Yeah, well, I don't do anything pretty well, but... Yeah. Do it yeah. mediocre. Yeah, so I would appreciate as many questions as I can, because honestly, they're lots of fun to do. I really enjoyed doing the last one, and... <laughs> Patreon subscribers will attest to my, the brilliance of my uh, Tour of Het video, which graced the end of my last video. <laughs> I love doing that so much. They are fun. They are definitely fun. I want to post that on the community at some point when uh, <laughs> it's all done and over with. You could probably pull the end of that out and put it on there. I don't live yeah. there anymore, though, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right, continue uh, what you were talking about. No, the so. last thing that I picked up that I've been really excited about and actually forgot about for a while was I finally have picked up that Vectrix that I talked about years and years and years ago and I actually completely forgotten about it. And when I was going back to Wisconsin again, Santos, I believe it was, sent me a message saying, hey, are you ever going to pick up that Vectrix from, from your aunt and uncle? And... I was actually staying with them this trip back. So I, I asked my aunt about it and she's like, yeah, I don't know if I ever brought that home. I'm like, oh crap, that sucks. And my uncle was like, nope, it's downstairs. Let's go get it. And sure as shit, not only did they have the Vectrix, they had it complete in box with games and overlays, which the overlays are infinitely harder to find than the system itself. But if you're unfamiliar with the Vectrix, it is a very weird, weird system from the early 80s i believe it only ran from november of 82 to sometime in 84 and it was designed by uh, milton bradley to be a home arcade system but the reason it's called the vectrix is that it was the first console to use vector graphics instead of just a basic cathode ray tube so where a cathode ray tube 
shoots scan lines across every inch all at once, this was capable of focusing that the 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 I think it's phosphorus or whatever the hell it is into specific points to give the impression of 3D imaging. Incredibly unique little console and um, everything was all contained. Controller was built into it as well. It would flip down. You could pull it out. Cartridges would slip into the side. The screen was on it. Had a little handle in the back, kind of like the GameCube. Carry this thing around. Plug it, it in. It literally looks like a portable television on its yeah. side. It's yeah. it's right so, here. It's so ugly. That's it right there. <laughs> but uh, it's such a neat little system. I was not expecting it to work. Fired it up. Turned right on. Only thing that doesn't work on it is the number four button. And for most of the games that I have, that is the button that actually does something integral to playing. Like there's a game like Asteroids. I can fly around the first level and do everything. I just can't shoot my gun because that's the number four button. But what else is really cool about this is since it was just black and white, there are these neat little screen overlays that you can clip in in front of the screen that give the impression of color. So like for a football game it would give you an overlay of a green field with lines for for the football field. Um, A racing game would give you blue to make it look like the sky and gray to look like the road or whatever. I don't know. But all of the games that I currently have have the overlays with them. Does it take cartridges? It does. And they plug into the side. What's really neat is the guy that created this has made all of the software completely royalty free now he's like i just want people to play this so here you go flash them onto a cart plug it and play it if only nintendo had that stunts right (laughs) i'll make too much money but yeah really really cool little thing it was a bitch to get home though because it's big and i did not want to ship it so i left the box with my sister in wisconsin and said just hold on to this i'll find some way to get it at some point because i don't want to break the box on it was really boxes from the 80s it's it's old i didn't want it to to shatter disintegrate whatever it might do so i got another suitcase and i took this and i stuffed it into a carry-on and forced it to fit and rolled this thing through the airport that's the only thing that was in there wrapped in clothes and then i checked another bag like i paid 30 bucks to just check a bag with all my other shit in it rolled this through fully expecting to get stopped at security as this thing goes through the scanner. Nope, not even a blip. Didn't even care. Didn't even ask me about it. But my (laughs) daughter, a four-year-old behind me, has her bag pulled and interrogated because of (laughs) Play-Doh. This thing here is a gigantic unknown piece of technology. Yep, fine. This is Play-Doh. Could be C4! That's crazy. That's so stupid. But yeah, made it home. Safe. Works. Good to go. Vectrix off my It reminds me trying to get back from uh, Arizona when uh, Zach gifted me with the Sonic Mania Collector's Edition, which was huge. (sighs) I forgot that you made that home. Yeah, and uh, I had to take it all out of the box and uh, stuff it into my suitcase the best I could. Wow. I think they pulled that out, you know, because all my suitcase was rearranged when it arrived in England. Oh, man. (laughs) So they were probably looking at it and going, ooh, I'd like to take that home. Smash it. So, yeah, I've got two two things off my list now. Chad Hager sent me a Lynx, and now I've got my Vectrix. Um, yeah, but when you get things off your list, you always add things to your list. Oh, <laughs> dude, my Mocon game list is gross. Like, I, I just don't imagine. even like looking at it. 
it's so expensive. If I were to buy everything on there, easy five grand, maybe more. You're insane. I like games. I know you do. So do I. But that's mental. I like I like games. Do you um, like uh, g- 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 game of the week? Well, wait. There's one other thing. It's not retro. <laughs> oh, that but was seamless. Yeah. There's there's one other thing that I completely forgot, and I want to get your take on this. I completely forgot I ordered it, but it showed up at my door. The Oddworld Collector's Audition. Uh, Soulstorm, sorry. You know what my take is, straight away. Open it! You always have things on order, and you don't know what's coming. I say this all the time, and it's always true. I was so pumped for this thing, and then the game was just bad. I wouldn't say it was bad. It's not good. I mean, it was it's, it it's was mediocre read. at best. Well, apparently they fixed a lot of what was wrong with it, which is not ideal. So they made a new game? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. Don't. I'm. I'm being dramatic. It's not that bad. It's just not. It's just what not I what wanted. we wanted, is it? Yeah. Yeah. But this was a hundred and fifty dollars. Comes with a really cool statue, bunch of art stuff. Steph and I were both really, really keen on it, and and we kept our eyes peeled for the longest time. And when it finally went up for pre-order, went for it, and immediately was sold out. And it's never been available again. And you know, they they sell for a couple hundred bucks online. So I'm, I'm kind of banking on this thing just being something that if I hold on to, it's going to retain its value because there are certain things out there like the Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, uh, Witch Edition, or something like that is just stupid money. But yeah, but uh, the statue is super cool though. Even though the game's shit, then but we still like Ape, yeah. don't we? So yeah, yep. So hold on to that, and then uh, picked up you. I, I think before we get into the game of the week, we should probably talk a little bit about Skyward Sword because it is technically on that cusp. It is literally out. So, 10 years is November this year for Skyward yeah. Sword. And we're toying with the idea of putting it on the list to play because it is relevant and it is close. So we may make an exception for that. But came out Friday. I'm about four hours into it. I managed to snag myself a pair of the, the Joy-Cons that come with it, which are super cool. They look great in the box on the shelf. I hate you so much. <laughs> Have you no, put much you time into see, it yet? Uh, I am. I've just beat the Skyview Temple. Okay, I'm right at the tail end of that. I oh no, sorry. I'm uh, how about I'm at Elden Volcano, so I'm a bit further on. Okay. So you you've have, played this before, right? Yes, uh, I finished it. I think I've played it a couple of times actually. This is the only mainline Zelda game I've never played. And how are you finding it? Um. I think I know why I didn't play it at the time, because it was it was at the tail end of the the Wii generation, and I'd kind of faded out of that. But um, by that point, I was really burned out on motion controls, and I think at that that point we we understood and had come to accept the fact that motion controls were a they were a fad. Let's face it; they were they were a period of time where it's like this is really cool. We have a console designed entirely around this. It's not perfect. Some games suck. Ton of shovelware. However, there's some really cool concepts for it. But I was just, I was burned out on it, 
And thinking back to how I did not enjoy Twilight Princess as much, I think it, a lot of it is because of the fact that the motion controls weren't the best. I think if I went back and played Twilight Princess without the motion controls, I'd probably like it a lot more. However, I think at the time, I did not want to play another Zelda game with motion controls. And I just this one just passed me by. I meant to get back to it, and then it became hard to find, and then I finally pulled the trigger on it, and then they announced Skyward Sword Remastered. Like, I'll just wait. I'm actually really enjoying it. It's a really neat, neat universe. Um, it's a great kicking off point for the story, and I'm the, the story is what's got me intrigued, because this is the start of The Legend of Zelda, where you know they come down from the sky, and they they open up the, the surface, and that's where everything kicks off. But, Which is interesting, because... At the time when this came out, I'm pretty sure they didn't announce this. And it came out in kind of the, was it like the Encyclopedia of Zelda or whatever it is? The Hyrule Historia. The Hyrule Historia, that's the one. And uh, that's when it came out. And that, But now they're all in on this one. If you look on the back of the box, it says like it's the beginning of the Zelda timeline, experience it. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's, what I, which is cool. What I really appreciate about this is that the, the, the game respects your time at the beginning. And I think a lot of Zelda games don't do that. Um, looking at you, Twilight Princess. Uh, the beginning of any Zelda game, you've just got, you, you've got some arbitrary crap that you need to go do. And this is like maybe 45 minutes of stuff that you have to do. And it, it's not bad. It's engaging. It's intriguing. I like the whole concept of, of your loft wing and, and the, what the hell's the name of the city? Skyloft. But it's interesting. I don't know how much I'm really going to continue playing with the motion controls. And I know that that Mike probably has a different opinion than me on this, but um, I find the Joy-Con way too small to replicate a sword. Like that's what was really cool about the Wii Remote is it was big. It felt like a sword. It had contour. It was comfortable to hold because there's a lot to grab onto. The Joy-Con is is small. Like I've got big hands, and it just doesn't fit comfortably. I'm I'm with you a little bit. Like compared to playing it with the Wii Mote, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm still I still find it quite comfortable to play. And the Joy-Cons being nice and small also makes it easier to constantly be waving your hand about because you don't yeah. have that heft, which is nice. But I can understand where you're coming from. I can, but um, I would. Honestly, if you are going to persist in playing the game, persist with the motion controls because turning them off is it's tough. honestly they're they're really integral to the experience. And this game was made for motion controls, and it's possibly the best example out there of how motion controls can be used effectively. Like I still think it's super cool how the enemies, like when you're against a Deku Baba, for example, how the mouths open either horizontally or vertically, and you have to slice the right way to kill them i think that's awesome i love that. oh those are the plants right yeah yeah and they're like the the bokoblins uh, like uh, they bl- block your sword strikes and stuff and you've got to figure out which way it adds a new tactical element to the combat you're not just pressing a button and i love that i think it's super cool but there's all different bits like for example using the wii remote to uh not the wii remote the joy con now to use your loft wing or then just at the end of the dungeon turning that thing around to fit it into the locks and stuff and then as you get further and further in the game you unlock all these different things you'll get like so many different things you can use with the the uh, actual motion controls and it just to turn it off and from what i've heard the new system is quite cumbersome that they've implemented it is it it definitely is to to swing the sword like your vertical slice you press up and and it, it's not it's definitely not as precise and i do see that it would probably detract a little bit from 
the enjoyment of it. So I will persist. And believe it or not, the kids Good really mom. enjoy me, enjoy watching me play this. So I, I think I'm not going to obviously wait to have them around to play through the entire game. But um, Do you know what? I've playing, been ready playing for this. Playing this again, though, made me realize how miss how much I miss dungeons in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, because I didn't realize how much Breath of the Wild stole from this because I'd never played this just in terms of the stamina meter, a ton of the sound effects, mm. uh, a lot of the, the animations, art style. It, it's it's very inspired. You could tell that this was a test pilot for what they were going to do, because there are some big open world areas in Skyward Sword. Yes, there are. It, but yeah, it's honestly, it's a lot longer than you're expected to be from what I remember. Because, um, you know, when you go down to the Faron Woods and then it shows you the map, yeah, uh, it's like it looks like there's like four bits. I'm sure there's more than that later on. Hmm. It all expands out again and it gets longer and longer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but honestly, if you've never played it before, now is the time to try and experience it again because the Switch release is it's like 60 FPS. It looks a lot nicer than it did. And it honestly, it's one of my favorite Zelda games. Like a lot of people don't like it because of the motion controls, but I, I just. Th- favorite huh i feel like yeah, that's a honest, bold honest, statement it really honestly it really is like it's up there huh i mean i enjoyed twilight princess as well but um, i haven't played that for a long time yeah, i just i, I to... just remember with skyward sword like i'd used i'd played a lot of wii games until this point so like mario galaxy for example you shake the remote and you point at things that's basically it and I've always I've always wanted a game where you could have one-to-one sword tracking because I thought that just sounded awesome. I remember when they were doing the Force Unleashed on Wii and I thought that's exactly what it's going to be, and it wasn't. And then they released this with the Wii Motion Plus and you could like you track Link's sword accurately. Yes, it goes a bit wonky occasionally, but for the most part, it's pretty damn well done. And well, I love it. It's pretty easy it. to recenter too. You just press the Y button, recenters it. Yes, and uh, I still think to this day there's nothing quite like it out there and it's well worth experience for any Zelda fan. It is. The the combat feels... It feels slower because it is more precise. It is more nuanced. You you do have to pay attention to what's happening. You can't just run in and hack and slash. I'm really struggling with the boss on the, the first dungeon just because you, you do have to really pay attention to those uh, those subtle cues. Yeah, you just basically with him, you just basically have to make him track your sword, and then as soon as he like hovers his hand on the other side, like slice the other way, and then you hit him. Yeah, it's just about again Zelda games for me. Like the dungeons and the bosses are always a puzzle in themselves, and you combine that with the motion controls. I think that's super cool. Like I forgot about, for example, in the first dungeon, there's an enemy, a skeleton enemy, which uh, you fight. It's like a, a mini boss. Mm-hmm. And that one has two swords and it'll block your, it'll pull its sword yeah. in a certain way. So like you can either slice diagonally through them or you can slice vertically through them. That's so cool, man. I love I it. I just finished that guy. He's really cool. It just gets better and better from there. I mean, it, I've read a few reviews of the re-release and they, they said like it does suffer from a bit of bloat throughout, which is probably true. Yeah. But more yeah, of I a mean, game is always good for me. So I'm all right with it. It should be all right. I'm looking yeah. forward to finishing it. We are read. But uh, yeah, so with toying with the idea of potentially, because we're all playing it at the moment anyway, of actually adding this in as a show game this year, because it turns 10 in November. Yes. Which is kind of close enough. 
Unless we wait till November, but I feel like we could we could justify it. I'm sure you will all forgive us. You we have done much worse. The blood moon rises once again. No, is a, a, an example. No, Mike sent us so many videos of him talking like that. <laughs> I did find them very funny. <laughs> yes, he's so, been uh, portraying Zelda basically. What is Mike doing today? Why is he not here? I believe he's having his annual uh, time off. Ah, because he gets sick of our shit and he needs a month or so to recalibrate. And realize he does quite like us. And then he can come back. You just can't quite get away from us. No. That's what I've been trying to do for years and I'm still here. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes you just got to relent and be like, all right, I'm not going to fight this Uh, anymore. I ain't giving up my seat. I'm the longest serving member after this one. That's just because he won't bugger off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you want to attempt your transition into game of the week again? No, you ruined it. Okay, well, let's talk about Mario Galaxy 2. Did we just play the first one not long ago? Um, I think it was last summer. Was it? <laughs> God, nice planning. Yeah, but it's fun. Is it? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, we did Mario Galaxy. Maybe we didn't. Episode 190. So that was doing quite a while ago. Uh, yeah, November 3rd of last year. Was it? Oh, no, 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 no. It was November 3rd of 19. Yeah. Okay, that's a good God. gap. Where does the time go? My God. Ugh. Well, Dan, I'm going to let you talk about... I'm going to let you introduce this then, since I think this was your choice. Was it? When did it come out? Two seconds. <laughs> I should really We planned for this? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 is, as the name suggests, the sequel to Super Mario Galaxy, which what? nobody really, which nobody really thought was coming. It was released on the twenty third of May, twenty ten. Was God. this something that nobody thought was coming, or did you just make that up? Well, I, I generally you don't get a Mario sequel. Kind of the three D ones. So we had sixty four. I was going to say, sequel, wait a minute, we had Mario two, we had Mario three. Yeah, the 3D ones don't really get sequels, though, do they? So, it's it's never been 100% confirmed about Super Mario Galaxy 2, but many people thought that it was an expansion pack. Uh, So, basically, some DLC for uh, Super Mario Galaxy 1, but then Nintendo internally went, oh, this has turned into a lot of ideas. So, they went, okay, we'll make a full sequel. And Super Mario Galaxy 2 was born. Well, let's face it, 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 it essentially is... A gigantic expansion for Mario Galaxy 1 because they didn't the, kind of the, the thing with Mario games is that they innovate and do something new and unique with the next game like yes from sunshine to this this was sunshine to galaxy was a huge change because like okay now we're, we're dealing with gravity and we've got these planets and we're in space and all these puzzles they didn't do anything different to Mario Galaxy 2 they just went okay how can we do things even better I'll say it's okay. bad it's just yeah this is interesting. Shigeru Miyamoto approached the development team and suggested that a follow-up be produced. The game was originally planned to just do variation on the original game's planets and call the game Super Mario Galaxy More and was dubbed Super Mario Galaxy 1.5 during early development with a projected development time of approximately a year. Oof. 
The first elements that were implemented were anything that was scrapped from the original game, either to ensure game balance or simply because of the constraints, such as Yoshi and the concept of a planet shaped like Mario's head. Over time, more and more elements and ideas were brought into the game, and it was decided that the game would be a fleshed-out sequel rather than a slightly modified follow-up. Thus, development took two and a half years. Ooh, look at you, Mr. Information. That's Wikipedia for you. (laughs) You pulled the curtain back too far. (laughs) I thought you did all that research on your own. I I did know most of that already. I just kind of wanted to confirm it. I just did. I just read it. I just said it before. <laughs> so Super Mario Galaxy more. But I do. I, am, I do. I like am 100% the... up for more Super Mario Galaxy because it was a wonderful game. Oh, yeah. This one is the definitive Mario Galaxy experience. I don't know if it's my favorite Mario ever, but it's 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 up there. Um, so I think it's a I think it's better than the first one. Actually, the first one's good, really good. But this one really the only thing I don't like is they took out Rosalina's Observatory because I love See, that hub world. And I was just going to say, I actually enjoy this better because you are on a Mario head spaceship, which kind of serves as somewhat of a central hub. But then you go to the captain's wheel and then it takes you into a more traditional Mario world selection where you've got universe one through six and then you click into that, and then you're kind of going along the little dotted path to pick out different universe galaxies that you want to go to, and the planets within each and the stars. So it, it's more familiar to traditional Mario style, and I like that because then when you go through the different planets, you unlock things, you recruit people, they show up on your planet or your your head ship, and you can just meander around and talk to those people, and you just kind of see this this spaceship become more full of life. Yeah, it's co- it's cool, but I I just I love the Rosalina's Observatory theme. And you get that, a, you get a little peek of the observatory at the end of the game. You do, but it's because even though this is a sequel to Mario Galaxy One, I don't know if you remember at the end of Mario Galaxy One. I think they get all the memories arrears and stuff, and everything gets reset, mm-hmm. so they have no idea that all of that's happened. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. So uh, what's new in this one? So apparently in the development, they wanted the idea of switching to be a core concept. So kind of they wanted the levels to change as you went through, but apparently it was too hard to implement across the whole thing. So there's only certain examples of it happening Mm -hmm. in the levels. So I think that's kind of like the transitions between like the indoor and outdoor bits and stuff like that and uh, different mechanics in the different levels. I I can't remember any specific examples of that happening. Yeah. I can't remember. I struggle with a lot of the Mario Galaxy planets because I feel like so many of them are so unbelievably similar. Um, They're so short and sweet as well, some of the stars, aren't they? They're kind of like, you can get through a lot of them in five minutes, so they kind of blend into one. Yeah, and it's not like, like... I like to use Mario 64 as an example because every one of those worlds is extremely memorable. And I think that's because there's like six stars in each. So you spend a bunch of time in, in each level here, maybe two, maybe two stars per. And then if you get the prankster comet that comes through, but again, that's just, Oh, okay. Do this really fast or do this without any extra health. Um, 
it's not really a, a, a new experience. So I'm not saying they're bad. It's just I would have preferred to spend a little bit more time in each. Yeah, it's it's a different Mario experience. Even Sunshine, for example, has that kind of levels where they have multiple shines to collect. Yeah. Um, so this kind of it, a lot more levels, kind of in the vein of a 2D Mario. But in a 2D Mario, you would kind of just blitz through the level and then you're done. You don't really come back to it. I in tell you one, what, though, hands down, the best galaxy in Mario Galaxy 2 is the throwback galaxy, which was Thwomp's yes. Fortress from Mario 64. I completely forgot that that was in this. Oh, it was like being a kid all over again. Did you also know that the Twisty Trials galaxy, which is in the special world, is uh, directly from Sun- Sunshine? I would not have known that because I never played Sunshine before this, and I didn't make it that far in that this time. Well done. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. The the one the one thing that I do have to say is it's not necessarily a gripe. It's just that it didn't lend itself too well to the time constraints to playing this for a show. Is that as you progress through, it only takes seventy stars to beat the game. However when you get done with it, there's an additional galaxy beyond that it it gates additional levels behind every five stars. So you have to go back through the original levels from the game and get those secret stars or beat the prankster comets or get those branching paths. The thing that it becomes a little grindy is that some of those star lumas require like 1800 star bits to break open the next branch. And those are such a pain in the ass to collect sometimes if you're not really focusing on doing it as you're playing. Yeah, but you should be all the way through. I mean, if you'd done the Dan Curse approach of collecting absolutely everything that moves before you progress, then you'd have easily enough star bits to get listen, and stars to get through the special world. Listen, some <laughs> of us only have 24 hours in a day. We don't have 10 years in a day. Okay, I, I, I'll allow it. Yeah. Although I must admit... This game has defeated me as a completionist because there are ridiculous amounts of stars to collect in this game. I don't know if you even remember this, Eric, but once you've collected all of the stars, you beat the final level again, and then it reloads the game, and every level has three more or two more stars to collect. What? So after you get 240 stars? No, you get 140-ish and then it adds the green stars. The green stars are basically just in a level in kind of out of the way places. So you have to use everything you've learned to try and get to these stars. Like, for example, in the Boulder Bowl galaxy, there is a bridge at the start, which you, I don't know if you remember, you get the boulder power up, you knock it down, and then you go across it. The green star is at the top of that bridge. So you have to use your wall jump and the spin jump to go up that bridge and get the star on the top of it. Jeez. And there's like a hundred of them to collect. That's nuts. And if you get all a hundred, you get a final galaxy called the Grand Master Galaxy, which is incredibly difficult. And it kind of implements loads of different elements from the game in one long gauntlet. And that even has a Daredevil run as well. Uh, so with no checkpoints. Those Daredevil runs are a bitch. Yeah, they can be if you're not good. So there's there's comic <laughs> coins that pop up. These are in the original game as well, but there are, are comic coins within each level, just like an additional collectible to get. And if you collect the comic coin in that level, eventually at some point a prankster comet will fly by and 
implement some sort of challenge on that level for you. So some of them could be you only have one heart that you have to beat the entire level or a boss fight without getting hit. If you get hit, you die and you have to start over or you have to do it in a certain amount of time. It's like a speed run. Um, are those really the only two variations of the prankster comet? Uh, no, there's ones where you have to collect purple coins. Okay. Um, the speed runs. Yep. Um, I can't remember anything else. Trying to Two check seconds. Really quick. I did um, enjoy those just because it added a little bit of a, a different element to it. Um, the speedy comets, which are the, basically the speed runs. Daredevil comets, which give you basically one hit. Uh, cosmic comets. They were on the original. Nope. There's the original. Clone comets. That looks like the original had quite a few more. Hmm. Interesting. This one had additional power-ups from the first game too, did it not? Yes. Uh, I think the cloud one is new. The spin drill is new. The boulder one is new. What about the bee Mario? He was in the first one, wasn't he? Yes, bee Mario was definitely in the first one. Boo mushroom. Um, the boo mushroom is in the first one. Is the spring Mario? Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, I do like the cloud flower. That one is really cool. It's cool. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I was imagining it or not, but I'm sure he jumps a bit better when he's a cloud as when he's cloud he's, Mario as well. He's a little floatier. Yeah, I, I'm glad you noticed it too because I, I I've never seen it referenced, but kind of obviously the the big new mechanic is that Yoshi is in this game as well. Yeah. I say a big new mechanic because it's a bit underused. He pops up occasionally, but he's not in it a whole lot. I really don't like the yoshi runs where you have to eat the spicy flour or the spicy pepper i don't mind him i'm not used to i've done it a lot over the years so it's easy enough yeah i can see why it's frustrating it's kind of you whack into something and that's again that's another example of the green stars for example on that bit you go up kind of the wall with the dash pepper and Mm -hmm. uh, you have to go there's this kind of section where you curve round to the left instead you have to kind of launch them off the top and land on top of the thing and then walk down the side to get the green star it's they're really difficult to get some of them then you have to like there's one level for example called flip switch which is when you shake the Wii remote yep. and the platforms switch between them one of the green stars on that level is up high above it and to get to it you have to do a triple jump on these really narrow platforms to even and then do a spin jump at the top to even have a chance of getting up to it. I, I looked at it for ages, like, how the hell do you meant to get that? I had to look it up in the end. Did you end up getting it? Yes, I got it. But huh. I had every intention of trying to get them all. I have completed it in the past, but it defeated me. I was like, I've done all this before and there's so many to get. You're basically just doing the same levels again, but just wandering through them trying to find a green star. See, and I don't know if that appeals to me. The completionist in me is not nearly as strong as it is in you, but even if it were, I'd look at that and go, this is just filler. Yeah, well, that's how I felt towards it. It's nice, it's nice to have more if you want it, but... It I just, feel like those should be there from the outset because yeah. you're already in that level and having to revisit that just to arbitrarily find things... But speaking of Yoshi, did you know that there's a glitch where you can get infinite flutter jump? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. So 
obviously when you you jump with Yoshi, if you hold A, he does his trademark flutter. When he's almost finished, if you let go of A, press Z, then release Z and hold A, he goes back to repeating it to gain more height. So you can just infinitely flutter your way up. Oh, that's handy. So it says here, this is discovered by fans very shortly after the game's release. It's known as infinite fluttering. It's become the most well-known glitch. Using this, players can fight the final boss and also even clear the perfect run with Yoshi. It's also because of this glitch that many other glitches have also been found. There was There's another one called the Flip Swap Super Jump. So in the Flip Switch Galaxy, Mario can use the upward momentum from the red-blue panel flipping to perform an extremely long high jump. Uh, Mario must be on one of the non-flipping platforms then must run toward an empty space that a flipping platform flips to when he spins right before he jumps into runs into the empty space spin to make the flipping platform flip that's a big tongue twister there to empty space falls into it and then it shoots him up into the sky you know what i did that by accident oh jeez and that's how i thought you were meant to get that green star up high yeah but you can also apparently you can also do that if you jump right after you form a cloud as cloud mario you know what i was going to mention about actually controlling mario i don't know if we've referenced this in super mario galaxy one's episode or not but after playing sunshine this is when they finally nailed 3d mario control i think so yeah because sunshine was terrible with this you don't think they nailed it in mario galaxy one well yeah this is what i mean but like the galaxy series is when they kind of absolutely nailed it and that's how i always imagine mario's movement being now because it's kind of it's continued on with odyssey because it's such a unique aspect of of controlling because you're constantly changing gravity and directions but for some reason it just works like it's just so smooth it's so well put together and like nintendo's intelligent level design like it kind of it eases you into what's going to happen Mm-hmm. For example, like this kind of, there's a level where it's kind of, there's a timer and the platforms disappear and stuff. And I just, you, at the start of the level, you walk down a big long platform, which you can easily navigate down. And on either side, there'll be two platforms which are flip, flipping between. So that you get, you instantly get the idea of what's going on before you start doing it. And they're really good at doing that, Nintendo. Yeah. It's kind of like the Yoshi Galaxy with the bell pepper. You get one and you kind of go down a straight platform and then it'll kind of, it'll challenge you as you get past that yeah super super cool man and then you'll see like on the flip swap the flip swap one again with the platform switching between them there'll be like a bunny spinning in the air to show you that that's what you should be doing it's, it's just intelligent game design that's what yeah, i love not, about nintendo it's not over it, it's not beating you over the head or heavy-handed with its its elements it it encourages you to explore and challenge and and try different things but how Mario controls here, you're right, is how I expect him to control everywhere else. So when I jumped into Mario Odyssey, being able to do a backflip to a wall jump to a spin to get up somewhere higher and skip huge chunks of levels, it's just natural now. It's how I want all yeah. Mario to control. Like the triple jump and all that stuff. And Yep. It's just more fluid over time. Like going back to Mario 64, yeah, it had elements of that, but obviously it's of its time and just doesn't control anywhere near as slick as a modern Mario game does. Like, you know you when a- Nintendo brings out a mainline Mario, it's going to be something special. It is, yeah. I I don't know when we'll see the next mainline Mario, but I'm excited for it. 
So am I. I wonder if there, it'll be Odyssey 2. There was one galaxy that I forgot to mention that was extremely awesome and I loved it. It was the super massive galaxy. I don't know why, but in Mario 3, that the the giant world is always my favorite. It's just absurd to see all of the the Goombas and Koopas and question blocks like super large. So for them to to do that in a 3D setting, awesome. Yeah, I did like that one. Um don't I, I, I quite like the um, bosses in this one. I thought there was quite a, a good mix of bosses because uh, they implement here. Bowser Jr. into this one. Like uh, the, the Mega Hammer fight where you fight, where you have to use the drill. Is that, that the... One's... Oh, yeah. So you basically you have to use the drill to um, dig through a circular planet and hit it because you go straight through the planet That's and the hit dig it. That's the dig That's not the is Mega it? Hammer. Oh, okay. The Mega Hammer is the one where you have to... Uh jump up over the top of him and and fire something back at him and then land on top and crush him the one i did not like was the gobble gut that gigantic dragon oh yeah that shows up as another boss on a different level actually as well i quite like the one where i quite like the the bowser boss fights actually where you're on the kind of very small planetoid and he comes down he tries to smash you with his fist because it's giant bowser on this one it's just kind of cool then he it'll knock out even smaller planetoids which you have to butt stomp on and they'd launch into them it's quite cool yep. but again like- that's a, that's how intelligent game design on nintendo's part because they introduce an easier version of the bowser boss fight and then the next time you encounter him you'll have a few new tricks and that's and just by so the time good. you get to the final version of them yeah. yeah so you're kind of prepared for what's coming there's a bunch of secret bosses too did you see that what bosses like the boulder geist fiery dino piranha uh, Major Burrows. Yes, There's... I did fight them. So they're basically bosses from Galaxy 1. There's a galaxy called the um, Boss Gauntlet or something galaxy, mm-hmm. which uh, you have to fight all of them in a row. And there is also a Prankster Comet version, which is a speed run of all of them. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not easy, but I did it. Uh, the Ooh. Womp King makes a comeback from uh, Mario 64 king caliente is back i liked him a lot the, yeah. the lava octopus oh yeah he, he was a good boss because you knock the um, coconut things back at him don't you yeah king lakitu is on there peewee piranha that's kind of the first boss you encounter and you have to whack his tail into him yeah that's kind of cool um none of the others particularly strike me as that good yeah it's just like like I said earlier, it's kind of all the Nintendo's ideas they had for the first one that they didn't have time to. They chucked it into this and then implemented a new... Th- I'll tell you which, one, which levels I'm not a big fan of. is the ones where you're on top of the ball and you've got to use the Wii remote. Oh, I didn't like that. Yeah. A, did you get up to the Rainbow Road one, which is really hard? I did. I did. Yeah, that one's fun. And then there's kind of motion control-wise, there's another one where you have a thing called a... What is it? A flutter something? Fluzzard. Fluzzard, yes, which is a bird, and you basically just direct it down through a course. I remember really struggling with those the first time I ever played this game, and I just blitzed through all of those this time. So did I, yeah. The one that the, 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 the challenges that I did not like were from the chimp, where you would have to get a certain number of points, like 10,000 points in 90 seconds. So you'd yes. have to jump on a Goomba, you'd get 100 points, and then a coin. But if you could somehow chain those jumps together... It would do 100, 200, 300, 300, 300, 300. I never beat those by more than 100 or 200 points. It, it always came a, down to the wire. 
it gets in. Well, because if you're going to try to chain the jumps together, by the time you've done chaining your jumps together, you can't go back and get the coins because they've already disappeared. Of course you can. Nah. There's a logical progression to it. There's like usually about five of them in a row. So then you do that and then you jump off, get the coins and then start off again on the next lot. Well, yeah, I know that. No, you don't. You're right. I don't. I have no idea. (laughs) I didn't even play this. But yeah, the the biggest thing I can say about this really is it's more of what made Mario Galaxy 1 good and polished up to a high sheen. And that's why I love it. And it's just a fantastic game. Probably possibly the best game on the Wii, to be quite honest. I would agree with that. It is the best game on the Wii. Because there's so much to it. If you like Mario and Mario Galaxy, you're not going to be starved for content here. No. And it's, as much it's as I wish that like, you could spend more time within the individual planets and galaxies, there's such a wide variation within that you're going to find something unique everywhere you go. Yeah. It's it's interesting because obviously they did all these bite-sized chunk levels on this one. And then by the time Mario Odyssey came around, you have that massive sandbox to play around in. Oh, yeah. Which is the kind girls of just, just started playing through Mario tra- Galaxy, and it makes me want to jump in and play with them. It's a good game for your kids to experience, definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, because it has, uh, it has Amelia, that right level of challenge. Amelia just had her birthday last week, two weeks ago, and she had a Mario themed birthday. So everybody had to wear, Mar- not had to, but everybody wore Mario shirts and Mario hats, and she had a Mario Kart cake and decorations and balloons and a big Mario pinata. and all she wanted was a new bed set, so we got our Mario Odyssey bed set. Kid just friggin' loves Mario. Should have been Sonic, but okay. Yeah, well, like Sonic. Um, so I found a bit of elements of trivia from this one. Bit of trivia, eh? Bit of trivia. So during development, characters such as Pikmin and Donkey Kong were planned to cameo in the game. Ooh, However, Miyamoto didn't. didn't allow it, feeling that they wouldn't fit well within a Mario game. What a bastard. Well, I mean, it was um, his artistic vision. Eric, have you, shut up. <laughs> have you heard of the Hell Valley Sky Tree thing? Uh, yes, that's where you can look. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, those? there is, it's in the Shiverburn Galaxy. You can see in the distance several terrifying looking shadowy figures at the top of the level. They can't be reached in the game, even by using hacks. Yeah, Didn't someone just, do a camera break on this where they got over there and looked at it? Yeah, I, I assume it's just one of the developers wanting to chuck this in as kind of just a, an Easter egg. But it's, it's they so look weird. absolutely terrifying. So yeah, if you want to look it up, look for Hell Valley Sky Tree. And apparently that's the internal file name or something like that. But it's it's just bizarre. It's really strange. It's just these creepy, shadowy figures like observing Mario or like G-Man from Half-Life or something. It's just odd. Yeah, I don't know what that would possibly be. Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. What other trivia you got for us? Uh, the Japanese, European, and Australian versions of the game came packaged with an instructional DVD manual explaining the basic controls as well as showing advanced play. It was made because Super Mario Galaxy 2 would be more challenging than its predecessor. The American version did not include this DVD. Which is funny because Mario 2 
was released as well doki doki panic was reskinned as mario because the japanese felt that the actual mario 2 would be too difficult for the americans so it's interesting that there's kind of that reverse on there now the americans will get it they're fine either they just didn't care they're like let them struggle (laughs) not that much more trivia apart from when asked how yoshi could survive in space producer yoshiyaki koizumi stated well it's because he's a space yoshi (laughs) (laughs) nanomachine son yes we'll go with that uh i don't know if you knew this but in the um throwback galaxy uh you can meet a bob on buddy it mentions that mario looks familiar because he recognizes him from super mario 64 oh man every time i was playing this and uh the the girls would always ask me what's that what's that got up to the bombs and like dad what's that i'm like that's a bob bomb oh what's his name i don't know bob <laughs> so every time we'd run by one of the bombs you're like it's bob <laughs> Yes, it's Bob. <laughs> Get him. What was your least favorite galaxy? Oh, good question. Uh, what was yours? The Drip Drop Galaxy, because I can't stand any swimming levels. Um, I didn't really hit any of them, to be honest. I just don't think that I don't know, just in general, Mario swimming, I don't enjoy. Like, mm. it dates no, back to I N64. I can't think of any that I particularly disliked, to be quite honest. Um, I tell you what, there's some good tunes in this one. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack is spot on. I really, I actually really liked the level where you went down the slide in the wood. The wood oh, zone. yeah, where you, yeah. Like, you, you have the, at the very end, you're coming towards the screen and you've got the the cannonballs coming down the hill behind you and this the slide gets thinner and thinner and thinner no not that 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 is a different one actually i'm thinking about oh. the one where you kind of meet the wood people and you go down a slide and it's oh kind yeah of, yeah yeah that's cool um but yeah some really good songs in this one i mean the soundtrack for the first one was great as well but this one I has think- some really good ones I think Gusty Garden takes it for me for song, though. I think that's Gusty one Garden's of the, the original, one. though. Yeah, but it's also in this, isn't it? No. Because, um, again, because this was meant to be an expansion pack, they weren't going to do new music for it, but because it progressed into a full sequel, they made new music for it. Uh, Melty Monster Galaxy has a really good tune. Um, can't think of it anymore off the top of my head. Cloudy Course, I think that one's really good. Is that I quite like I quite like the Yoshi Star one as well. But yeah, as you as you'd expect, kind of this is a fully fully orchestrated soundtrack as was introduced in the first one. Got it. Hold on. I think the one that I was thinking of the the name of the um the water planet from the first game, Drip Drop. Um what is it called here there's that that it, it's exactly like drip drop which is why i went to that name um i'm trying to find the name of all the galaxies here it's not the starshine beach one that one's that that one's from mario galaxy the piantas um, i can't find it but yeah it's it's the water one. any any of them that have water I, i'm not a big fan of yeah they're they're all right I mean, I, like I say, I didn't dislike any of it. I think this game is fantastic. It's kind of one of those games I wish I could experience again for the very first time. 
because it's, it's just something so magical about it. If you've never played a Mario Galaxy before, pick them up. And it is criminal that Nintendo did not include this in that triple pack. It's so frustrating. Because they included the first one, but then they just went, no, nah, the second one. So I assume there's some plan to re-release it at some point. Because yeah, it would be a shame be for this to that... remain locked to the Wii. Yep. Hmm. It's 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 clearly a money grabbing thing. Well, I mean, they missed out on the 35th anniversary of Zelda to not release a collection on the Switch. So I know, who right? Knows? What's that about? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so overall, I am giving it a hearty, hearty pip pip for this game. Hearty pit pip as well. It is one of the finest examples of a Mario game. Yes, quite. It is. Mm-hmm, it is uh, play it. Do Eric, we have should we any questions? Move on to some, I was just about to say that. Oh, you read care. my mind, good sir. Jordan Loffrey would like to know who is well, the greatest villain in video games. Wait a minute. You can find oh. us on facebook.com slash group slash factory sealed podcasts, or we are also on Discord. You just got to search for Factory Sealed. You'll find us somewhere on there. We've got a, a channel in there for questions. But best villain in video games, huh? Sephiroth. You think so? Yeah, I love him. He's awesome. Or Kefka. Kefka's a pretty I cool I was going to go, if we're going to stick in the, the Final Fantasy vein, Kefka definitely is, because that guy just don't give a shit. He literally destroys the world. And laughs about he's it. A, he's a villain who succeeds. I would say... I really enjoy, from a more philosophical standpoint, Andrew Ryan, Bioshock. Yeah, it's a good shout. What about GLaDOS? Yes, definitely up there. No. I know that Vaz from Far Cry is really good. Yeah. Is he as good as he was made out to be, though? I think so. Uh, I I did quite enjoy the Joker in Batman Arkham games. It's really well done. Handsome Jack is pretty cool from Borderlands. Yeah. I'm going to chuck Dr. Robotnik in there just because. Dr. Wily, Mega Man. Let's talk about that nah. for a while. Ooh, Pyramid Head. He was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of um, MGS villains who could be in there. But you don't really get to know much about Pyramid Head other than the fact that he's just mm. terrifying. I quite like the elusive man from Mass Effect as well, you know. He's sort of a villain, but also not. I don't know who that is. I know you don't, because you haven't played it, which is... Listen, I played absolute. all the way up to the very end of Mass Effect 2. Oh, he is in Mass Effect 2, so you should know who he is. Martin Sheen, man. Stand, Martin sits Sheen. there, sits there and smokes a lot. Oh. Okay. Um, Lee Smith wants to know, do you prefer 3D or 2D Mario games? And I really hope that you guys show some love to my favorite 2D Mario game, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, in a future episode. I love Six Golden Coins. That game is so good. I don't know. That's really a tough question for me. I I feel like I am a bit more partial to the 2D Mario games just because I grew up with them. But like Mario 3 for me is the pinnacle of Mario games. It's uh, 3D for me all the way. I love them so much. Yeah, I mean, I I have more fond memories of the 3D than the 2D. I like the 2D, but the 3D ones like Mario Galaxy One and Two and uh, Odyssey and stuff just fantastic. 
Um, Hesley Haddy. Hey, guys, love this game. Probably one of my top 10 for this year. What's your favorite Mario power-up and the worst from the entire series? For some reason, it always sticks out to me from Mario 3, the stupid boot. You remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Where you'd get into the dumb tough. green boot and then you could walk over those black little chomping clam plants. Yes, that was strange. Or if Do you I got have... into the Tanuki suit and you did a, a special move, you would just crash down as a Tanuki statue. I really enjoy the uh, giant mushroom from the DS Mario games. I thought oh, that was yeah. awesome where you just completely destroy the level. <laughs> I don't know uh, if I so, have any least favorite. I can't no. think of any of this. Like, I'm trying to think of some that are... Oh, I, I did quite like that one from Super Mario 3D World where he put a cannon box on his head and you could shoot out of it. That oh, was quite yeah. good. I really don't like Spring Mario from Mario Galaxy 2. It's hard to control, isn't he? There were a couple sections in that game that were very difficult that you had to time a jump just right to get over a, a, a bullet bill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't honestly think of any I really dislike. Um, Hesley's asked also, have you seen something called the player date? If so, are you planning to get one? What? I have not. I feel like that's going to be hard to Google. Oh, it's the thing with the crank. The ye- little yellow thing with the crank. Oh, um, no. No, Probably I've got not. no interest. It's expensive. Yeah, it's $200. Is it? bucks. <laughs> Bonus Listen, that question. That sounds like work. <laughs> it does. Bonus question from Hesley. That day when you guys did Terranigma, it was the suggestion of one of the listeners. Any chances for 2022, you guys have a month or two to review a retro game by our Patreon backers? Because what may be an awesome game for them might not be for you guys. And it was really entertaining to see you guys apologizing for how the game was not that good. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of retro games that you probably didn't know about. What do you guys think? I'm always open to new suggestions on what we can do on the show. So am I. And we have done um, fan votes in the past where we kind of opened it up on Facebook where we all selected a game for, I think it was the Halloween show? Yeah. And uh, basically we all selected the game and then people selected it. It's kind of, it's a double-edged sword. We did it in the very early days where we did the random game generator where people would basically say a system and give us a number and then that picked the game for us. But the problem is if it's a game which doesn't have a lot of substance, then we can't talk about it a lot. Which or if is it why it sucks. Yeah, which is why we've kind of steered towards selecting the games ourselves. It's not to say that we don't enjoy putting it out to the fans, but we kind of we kind of keep it internal because we want to have that extra content. Like we can't talk about Barbie supermodel for as long as we can talk about Mario Galaxy Speak for 2. For yourself. <laughs> yeah, Listen. so it is the pinnacle of gaming right there. Um anyway, so back to questions. If you had to this is from Greg Plummer, sorry. If you had to, who would you entrust to retrieve your child from a supernat your child from a supernatural cult out of Harry Mason from Silent Hill or Ethan Winters from Resident Evil? Harry Mason, hands down. Harry Mason, definitely. I don't know enough about Ethan from Resident Evil, apart from that he loses his hands a lot. So but I think you need <laughs> your hands. Yeah, but they grow back. Yeah, that's handy, that. I would go with Harry Mason because that guy is determined. There's some shit that can happen, and he just looks at it and goes, yeah, all right, that's weird. <laughs> Keep going. 
How are you missing the first one and the second one? That dude knows to keep looking, even when someone's probably dead. Is he Cheryl Guy? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl. You see my daughter dead. And that is hair. it for questions. As Eric says, find us on Facebook. I put up a stupid image with Eric's head on it at some point for the next game. What is our next game, Eric Peterson? We are doing Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for the DS slash PSP. And let me tell you what, I was not looking forward to this, but boy howdy am I enjoying it. Spoilers. Have you ever played it? Nope, and I haven't started it yet. Which one are you going to do? I don't know. Because there is a stark difference between the two versions. Which is better? Um, Graphically, the PSP. Okay. I'll so, probably play the PSP. I've got a decent emulator on the old computer, so Computer. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I was not I'm I'm not a huge fan of the top down Grand Theft Auto games just because we've been so spoiled with the three D ones. I played a ton of one and two on PC way, way, way back when they first came out, but this is kind of uh reigniting my love for them because it's so ridiculous. This is how I feel about uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's so ridiculous. That's why I love it as much as I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is a this is a Tom pick. I'm about a third to little under halfway done with it. Um, really yeah. enjoying. Who knows it so if far. Tom will actually be on? Who knows? Hopefully, like, okay. Hopefully I rock up the day before and say I'm getting a divorce. Who knows? <laughs> no, he's like, ah, oh, we're pregnant. He's having a kid tomorrow. Like, wait a minute, Tom. That's not how this works. <laughs> Hank Fest here to give you a little lesson on sexual education. <laughs> that there is point A. You need to insert it into slot B. When you repeat as necessary, you may produce a child. Said child will cost lots of money. But if you don't want one, make sure you don't come in the tunnel. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Miles Prower, Nicholas Bradley, Chad Schaefer, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutress, Thomas McGrew, John Weaver, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Mark Haddock, Dalton Souter, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Tori Wolford, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, and Greg Plummer.